This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, it is 9 o'clock. Good to be with you on a uh, Tuesday. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne joining us right now. Normally joins us at 720. He was kind enough to shuffle his schedule around once again for Texans GM Nick Casario. It's our Odyssey NFL insider, Ross Tucker. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Good morning, Ross. Good morning. What's up, guys? How are you? We're doing good, Ross, man. I just I have to confess. I, I told you I would, I, I would kind of rip Nick Casario a new one for always bumping you, and uh, I, I didn't even mention it. I didn't even bring it you up. Wimped I, out? You wimped out? Yeah, I just forgot about it. I just had other stuff to talk about. Just you were more an afterthought. What, what, That's what would be all. more important to talk to the Texans GM about what? than him from my spot? Well, I, t- yeah. I will. T- I will tell you what Seth did ask him about was the rumors from Jason Lockhamfora last week that Nick would want to go back to New England, and Nick gave about a ninety-second Scud missile right back at Lockhamfora reporters and GMs and GMs that would speak on Nick's behalf to reporters it was pretty pretty profound radio that was pretty good oh interesting yeah. i want to i want to i want to hear that I, I would love to hear that at some point i think i told you guys this before but if you ever do um, bust his chops make sure you mention you know he was the only personnel executive so 2005 i got cut by the bills and I had like a workout every week. And usually it's like the offensive line coach. The only place I went where it was an executive and it was one-on-one. It was just me and Casario. And I mean, he tried to run me into the ground. Thankfully, I was in really good shape. And that's always been a strength of mine. But um, I'll, always forget, I'll always remember that, you know, that it was him that actually put me through the workout which was very unique usually it was a coach but for him in new england it was a personnel executive yeah that's uh that's always fun you know what i kind of miss those personal workouts like pre-draft and then yeah in the nfl when you're when you get a coach or a scout that you can tell they just want to see how tough you are and then it becomes a battle of like okay no matter how awful i feel and however much i want to die i'm not going to bend over like i'm gonna i kind of miss being tested like that sean never why don't you test me like that sean (laughs) let's we'll start tomorrow no problem okay ross uh, you cover the Eagles extensively, and we were just talking about the Eagles and their curious collapse here at the end of the season. The thing that's that makes it relevant to the Texans is that the Eagles are a team that everybody was feeling great about at the end of the season, and then lo and behold, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator, which 
right now in hindsight looks like a really, really big deal. Is it is it more complicated than that, or is at least that a huge part of it that they lost an OC and a DC? The Texans right now potentially could lose their OC and Bobby Slowick. Well, I think um, that's a tough question to answer because they did start the year 10 and one. And, you know, when they were 10 and one guys, every other team had at least three losses. I mean, they were clearly the favorite, you know, to be the number one seed and all that stuff. I would think that a coordinator change or the impact of a coordinator change would be felt more earlier in the year, right? Like when the new guy comes in and he's doing his own thing or he's changing things up, you'd think it'd be more of an issue early. I would have thought that this Eagles season would have been flipped where there was some issues with the transition early, but then as the season went on, he kind of settled in and he figured out what was best for those guys and blah, 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 and they ended up having success. For the Eagles, it's been the opposite, but I will say, I you know, I don't think that they would be here if they had Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon still. I think that's fair. You know, Steichen, yeah. I think, proved himself to what he did in Indy. I actually thought Gannon did some really positive things for the Cardinals, no question. And, um, you know, I just, these guys, you watch them, they didn't make the ears of the Cardinals punt one time. Like the Arizona Cardinals did not punt one time wow. against goals, which is just unbelievable, right? Like hard to believe. And then even the Giants, guys were just wide open. And then the more troubling thing might be when these teams blitz the Eagles, it's like they have no answer. It's like they're not expecting it or they've never seen a blitz before. They don't have hot routes. And, like, Jalen Hurts just tries to run to the right and then throws the ball away, like, eight times a game. It's it's bizarre. It's one of the strangest things I've seen in a long time because they were the best team in the league last year, and I thought they were pretty much the best team in the league most of this year. And then it's like they've lost their confidence, like they've lost their stinger. Ross Tucker joining us on Sports Radio 610. Ross, just shifting gears over to the Texans, um, they didn't take a single snap all season long in first place in the AFC South. Um, they didn't lead the AFC South until Jacksonville lost to Tennessee on Sunday. Yet here we are, division champs, home game against the Browns. Where do the Texans stack up for you on the scale of like, okay, they're not one of the favorites in the AFC, but they're a dangerous team because of C.J. Stroud. Like, you, you may not want to face the Texans. Do they Do they register on the radar like that for you at all? How dangerous a team can they be in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think because of Stroud and because defensively they've done some really good things, I do think that they could be dangerous. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like Cleveland could be dangerous as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think the winner of that game – That'll be interesting, you know. Let's just let's just assume for a second that they end up going and playing at Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I think that could be interesting. I think Baltimore will win. I think Baltimore is the better team. I think Baltimore is probably the best team. But I do. I, I could see either. Like if I'm the Ravens, I'm not thrilled with either one of those teams. Let's assume Kansas City and Buffalo both win, and the Ravens have to play the winner. I don't. I don't love that. Either C.J. Stroud in a good defense 
or Joe Flacco in a good defense is coming to Baltimore. Like you, you, you would like to think maybe if you're the number one seed in a divisional round that your first game would be a little bit easier than that. That would make me nervous. You know, both those guys. I feel like there's some similarities between the Browns and the Texans, really. A lot of them. And I think people are forgetting that in the first matchup, I mean, you guys know this, but not only no Stroud, but Will Anderson didn't play. Nico Collins wasn't 100%. The Texans are a different team. The Texans believe, which is a huge part of this thing. Like, they really think that they can do anything. They're good. I mean, the throw he made on the first play, that is ridiculous. And then the thing that I would be so excited about if I'm a Texans fan, he's not just good. He's clutch. Like, he's cl- like he comes up big, it seems like, late in games when it matters the most. I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it should be awesome. And I think the winner of it has a puncher's chance in Baltimore, assuming that's where they'll be the next week. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, it's funny, Ross, because we, we had this conversation with you last week where I asked you, who do you think is going to be favored in the AFC South going into next season? And you said the Texans. Um, and since then, the Texans have since gone on and won the division, and the Jaguars lost in disastrous fashion to the Tennessee Titans in Week 18. Do you think Trevor Lawrence gets to the big contract extension this offseason? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I, I, I think he's still a franchise quarterback. He got banged up so much this year, and I, I think the Jags are probably smart enough to realize that if they wait, they're really just going to have to pay more. So maybe on some level, there's uh, some monetary value for the Jags because maybe they can say, listen, we'll give you a big, huge contract, life-altering money, $200 million, whatever. But maybe he's not jumping the line. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's not getting more than Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Usually it's like the next guy up always gets more than the guy before, you know, I think now they can, um, they can actually make the argument. Hey man, like we, we love you. We want you here. We want to pay you, but we can't, we can't give you what these other guys that are consistently winning and going to the playoffs every year are are doing, you know, Jalen Hurts been there three years in a row. Lamar Jackson, they go to the playoffs pretty much every year when he's healthy so maybe the Jags actually save a couple million bucks a year out of it. Ross, as the Texans take on the Browns at NRG Stadium this weekend, I, I look at the Browns and I go back and I watch Joe Flacco uh, since his return, and I'm trying to figure out where any of it is smoke and mirrors. And, and I can't. Like I think Joe Flacco has just been solidly and legitimately good is there other than like he's thrown turnovers, but even the two the two interceptions he threw versus the Texans were were not harmful interceptions. They were one was a deep arm punt of a, of an interception. The other one was the last play in the first half, and uh, it was no big deal. So I uh, I'm just trying to figure out like where does this if this bubble is gonna burst, where would it be with Joe Flacco? Yeah, I think the Texans the two chances here, right? Like. Flacco is not afraid to drive the ball down the field or to put it into small windows. The Texans have to capitalize on that, have to. The other thing is, you know, the Browns lost 
their first three offensive tackles. Not just their starters, but their swing guy, the rookie, Dewan Jones, too. So the Texans have to win. Like, those guys, Will Anderson, those guys, they have to win. Jerry Hughes, they have to win against these Browns tackles. Because, you know, like any quarterback, but especially Flacco, you know, if you can get to him, boy, that can really, really affect him. Because he wants to hold the ball. Like, Mm -hmm. he wants to try to drive the ball down the field. He still has a fantastic arm. So that's the key is that when he tries to fit it in the small windows, you got to make him pay. Uh, Stingley and those guys. And then you got your DN, your edge rushers are going to have to win against essentially the fourth and fifth tackles for the Browns. Ross Tucker joining us. Uh, Insider Calls, of course, brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. Um, Ross, where did you come out on the Jameis Winston garbage touchdown? We did it for Jamal Williams situation this weekend. Yeah. So I, I actually talked about this on the Ross Tucker podcast. It feels like a perfect Ross Tucker podcast topic. I feel like, Oh, it it is. And then, you know, it's so funny. I do these, uh, social posts for Labatt blue. You guys probably don't even have that in Houston, but it's a delicious beer. And I, um, I use that for it. So first of all, I am a believer that if you can take knees to close out the game, you take knees to close out the game for a million different reasons, right? One of which is just health. Like you don't want to take on extra shots, extra hits if you don't have to. And there's kind of a respect thing. And I think Seth, I hope backs me up on this. Like when I, when, when we had the game one, we weren't going to come. We weren't going to keep calling runs and right. firing off and double teaming the D tackles to try to grind out yards. And then also they weren't going to like. I would just point to the ground like, "Yo, we're just taking a knee," and they would nod their head. And that's the respectful, Yo, yeah. classy thing to do. So that yeah. So that's part one, right? Well, that's what. Yeah, and that's it, the key, right? That that you don't line up. You if you were going to try to run, you would run, line up like you were going to run it and not pretend that you were kneeling the ball. Yeah. Yeah, so first of all, I don't even like, Sean, that they tried to score at all, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think it's classy. I don't think it's respectful. But you cannot do it out of victory formation. And the fact that Jameis Winston didn't understand that or the guys in the huddle didn't realize that, that's a terrible idea to do it out of victory formation because now now they can, you know, pull a Shiano and have the D lineman diving at your legs and stuff. Because, well, we don't know. Maybe you guys are going to run a play like the Saints did. It's it's a professional courtesy. Yeah, that's what – well, and the same too, Ross. Like, I can remember being in certain situations, like, depending on who your coach is, um, like, it, like, you'd tell the offensive lineman, even if you knew that the O-line was going to kneel or something, but you got a hard-ass offense, defensive line coach – I would be like, hey, listen, man, I'm coming. I got to come. And they'd be like, oh, come on, Payne. Like, no, I'm coming, man. I'm sorry. I'm coming. And, just, and you don't, you know, you kind of make a show of it. But, yeah, it, it's like so far. I find it interesting. It was Jameis Winston that makes the decision who's not actually a lineman that has to, like, actually get hit and everything on all those plays. Yeah. Um, but it's also well, the, the last the lineman for the Falcons did not look like they were ready for it. No, no. And that bottom, I'm surprised that it, I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone could have gotten hurt for sure. 
For sure. Do you think if this were week 10, do you think Jameis Winston gets punished? I mean, the season's over, so there's nothing they can do to him. But if this were like the middle of the season, do you think that there would have been a punishment from Dennis Allen? Should there have been? I think you have to. The issue is they're acting like it was everybody in the huddle and it's a team thing. Right. But it's ultimately the quarterback. I mean, it had to be somebody's idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah, James. kind of like the only good part of it was that. I liked seeing Arthur Smith so angry. <laughs> like I just yeah, that was he cool. annoys me. I'm glad Dude, I, got I would to see I would have been I would have been so mad. Like I, I would have really had a major, major issue with that. Yeah. Ross Tuck- know, if he had used B. John Robinson properly at any point this season, I would have had more sympathy <laughs> felt bad for him. for him. Yeah. It's like two things can be true. I don't think Jameis should have done it, but I'm also if it had to happen, I'm happy I'm glad it happened to Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith yelling at Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen's like, bro, you're gonna be fired in like twelve hours anyways. Yeah. Why are you getting so heated about it's it, like, man? Go, man. You're about <laughs> yep. to get paid to do nothing. That's right. That's right. Ross Tucker is our Odyssey NFL insider. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Ross, we appreciate the flexibility. Back to normal time next week if you're cool with that. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much. All right, you got it. Thanks, Ross. The great Ross Tucker joining us on the line. All right, um, we had Nick Casario on earlier. Uh, Seth asked him about the rumors that popped up last week about him maybe wanting to go back to New England. Second straight year that that's happened. Second straight year that Nick Casario's had to address it. This year he addressed it on Payne and Pendergast, and he was none too happy with the people spreading them rumors. You will hear that. You will hear from the Texans GM next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Texans Executive Vice President and GM Nick Casario joined Seth and I a couple hours ago on the show. Um, Seth asked him about the rumors that popped up last week. Jason Lockham for the Washington Post saying he's talked to at least one GM who said that Nick would definitely go back to New England if he could. Trust me. And this is the second straight year that that's happened. Jason Lockham for it is inaccurate very, very, very often. Um, so Going here's back to like, just to be clear, back to 2014, he reported that Rick Smith was going to be shifted to a different spot in the organization. Right. Um, it would be three more years before Rick Smith shifted anywhere in the yeah, organization. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, has been off. Here was yeah. Nick Casario addressing those rumors. This time of year, there's a lot of things that are said and Anybody that makes a jackass statement that they either know me or trust me, you can rely on this information, honestly, is totally off base. So I would say I am grateful for the opportunity that I have here. Um, 
respectfully, I know there's a lot of reporters out there that think they have information, but this this becomes silly season. It happens every year, whether it's during the January, February cycle when you have coaching changes, whether it's around the draft. Um, those that really know me um, know how I operate and what I'm about. And other than, you know, 610 Sports Radio, I'm not really a big media person, um, but... I keep it to myself and just try to show up, try to do my job, try to support the people that I'm with on a day-to-day basis and just focus on the things that I control and not worry about some offhanded statements that are made out of left field that, quite frankly, have zero validity. So, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity that I've been presented here in Houston. I'm excited about where our team is, understanding we have plenty of work that's in front of us. I've loved every second of the opportunity to work with D'Amico um, since he was hired, since he and I have been together, and to work with his coaching staff and to work with our players and to work with the people in our building. And I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control, which is doing the best I can for the Houston Texans organization for as long as ownership provides the opportunity for me. So, like, whoever these reporters are that make these, you know, ridiculous statements, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about it first before you put some information out there that has actually zero basis. All right, so here's what I counted in that uh, in that answer: uh, jackass statement, Ooh. silly season, offhanded statement out of left field, with zero validity. Use the word ridiculous, and closed it out with zero basis. You know what the the whole thing about it is? The, this is a combination of two things. One is the Obviously, there there are a lot of things that people would write about the Texans over the last couple of years, which would meet very little resistance just because the Texans had so much dysfunction. I would say not the last two years immediately, but the two years leading up to this year. So from 2020 through 2022, there were just so many things gone haywire within the organization that people could just write just about anything. And at the very least, people would think, well, it's possible. Who knows? So there's that that I think... Some people like Lock and Fora have kind of coasted through that and they're still doing it. But the other is just the fact that New England has a long history of people going back to the fold. But the, but the difference in the thing that just doesn't make any sense where people just kind of get latched into narratives about the way different organizations operate and everything is that like, like the Texans are doing pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. And it's with a quarterback that Nick Casario drafted. There's not... Uh, there's a, the chance, like, Casario knows this. He watches, he studies. The chance of landing a C.J. Stroud, even if you have the number one draft pick every year for five years in a row, is it's low. It's really, really hard to draft anymore. Sean, you brought up the number of quarterbacks that have been drafted uh, the last however many quarterbacks. Three years. Nine, nine, quarterbacks, three years. nine quarterbacks drafted in the first round the last three years. And I think... I think CJ might be the only one that the team that he's on feels great about right now. Feels awesome about. I mean, yeah. Anthony Richardson, you just you don't know yet, and he's got injury issues. But so who knows? Even giving that a pass, he's the one that you definitely feel good about. So there's just not a chance in hell for any other than perhaps personal reasons that he would want to do that. It's just now, now that, now that like these r- rumors have come up in two different seasons. It just seems it seems silly now. Now it seems absolutely silly. It, it feels like at some point, like it's Jason Lockenfora who has a bad history of printing things that are just absolutely false. But at the same time, he's writing for a national publication or like the Washington Post, which has a national following and some sort of a reputation. But 
I like I like I don't understand how these guys keep having jobs with otherwise legitimate the outlets. I don't know. Ray, reputable air quotes. Yeah, reputable outlets. Yeah. yeah. I there's the other <laughs> there's the other small detail too that he is under contract. You know, like it, right? Yeah, it's not just so simple. He's just gonna be like walk out and leave. Yeah. He's not an hey guys, at will employee. I'm go now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See ya. He was like, I mean, the Texans were accused of tampering and trying to get him here. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Nick Casario. You know, was just a you know New Englander die. I'm here forever. Right. I don't know if he has like a Patriot logo on a, on his left buttock or something. But it's uh, like it just it's a lot of speculation by randos that don't necessarily know. Last year, the reason. Last year, the thing that got me wondering about it, and I succumbed to it, was that Michael Lombardi actually weighed in on it and added fuel to the fire. And Mike Lombardi had worked with Casario up in New England and has a lot of ties to the Belichick. So I don't, I don't know if maybe, I, like, if you wanted to read into it, I don't know if Casario was also thinking of Mike Lombardi as he was saying that. Because Lombardi got, his name was out. We had him on the show. Um, and it, like, it, ultimately I'm not going to go back to that. Well, when it comes to Casario things, yep. Um, pain and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Tuesday, we, we had mentioned the Jameis Winston situation in our conversation with Ross Tucker, realizing that maybe, maybe there's some of you who weren't totally up to speed on it. Um, I think, I think we kind of, the, the details kind of, fit, you know, kind of vetted themselves out as we talked about it with Ross, but just to give you the broad strokes here, uh, Tyron Matthew intercepted a pass towards the end of the Saints-Falcons game, a game that the Saints were winning 41-17, returned it all the way to the Falcon one-yard line with practically no time left on the clock. Jameis Winston is in the game, backup quarterback, and they're in victory formation, getting ready to take a knee. And Jameis Winston hands the ball off to Jamal Williams for a touchdown to make it 48-17, which Arthur Smith, the Falcons head coach, blew a gasket afterwards at Dennis Allen. Um, Jameis Winston explained the reasoning behind doing this in a post-game scrum that he did with some reporters out, uh, just outside his locker. Here's Jameis Winston. we got a couple cuts here. This is some good stuff. Here's Jameis Winston saying that this was a team decision. Now, keep in mind, the DA that he's referring to, that he apologized to on this team decision, is the head coach of the football team, Dennis Allen. Well, I apologize to DA because the play was was victory. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. And uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective. So I I, I give him that. Yeah. But D, DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. So so if 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 we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know. So uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not, not in. <laughs> no, uh, just but it was it was a, it was an offensive mean, team stopped, discussion. Uh, however, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line, and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity, and uh, and we decided. <laughs> team decision that he had to no, explain you know, to the head coach. Yeah, that he had to explain to me. Plus, I don't know, like a team decision. Like, okay, did you you gathered up all forty five active players on the sideline and asked? I got. I we got to remember that Jameis, even though he's become more of kind of a lovable kook in these later years, um, I don't I don't buy his word. Like I don't take him at his word. I don't think he's I, like he's proven multiple times that uh, like he's not the most trustworthy of dudes. So 
first of all, team decision to me implies that you got together as a team and voted on it. Sounds like maybe it was a few guys in the huddle that you talked to. Yeah, I think that's second what it is, was. Second is that regardless of how you got down to the one, I would say this. If you had, if you had to run the clock out and get down to the very end, um, like if you, had to, if you had the ball down there, traditionally and normally the sportsman like ship thing to do be once the other team runs out of timeouts and everything, you're just going to kneel on it. So no, you're not going to score in that situation. You're not going to wait to the end. But the biggest is by far, you're not going to line up in victory formation where the other side just assumes, okay, you guys aren't going for it and then get a cheap and easy touchdown. The only possible, the only possible way that I would buy this is if Jamal Williams had an incentive in his contract okay. and and you told the defense, hey, we're going for it. Because as a defensive player, you're sitting over there and you're just going to butt heads and you're not thinking much of it. And now we get a, now we get a, you know, <laughs> now we got a running back running at me and I'm scoring a touchdown. And who knows? Like some people have incentives in their contract regarding defensive performance. True. You can be taking money out of somebody else's pocket on the other side. Yep. Jameis said he didn't mean any disrespect by it. I didn't want to disrespect him. That was not my intention. Uh, my intention was to lead the team that I've been with the entire year. And we made a collective decision that we wanted to get one of our guys who they fight with blood, sweat, and tears every game in the end zone. And uh, I'm going to feel good about that. Yeah. So no but, regrets? No. No regrets? Uh, well, the, this is the thing. It's about the team. It's not about regrets. It's not about anything else. It's about us as a team making a collective decision. But I do apologize to Dennis. I apologize to DA because that was not his call. <laughs> okay. Um, like Jamal Williams will always have the memory of that touchdown he right. scored in which he earned nothing. Uh, he did not fight for anything. There was no blood. There was no sweat. There was no tears. He, uh, they, I would have said yes if I were Jamal Williams. Like, how does Jamal yeah. Williams feel about this? Like, <laughs> congratulations. You got into the end zone for your first touchdown of the year against a team that wasn't trying. What, what the Good hell is job, that? Good job, little fella. Oh Aren't you God. happy we brought you out here? Brutal. I don't know. Is Jamal Williams sick? Does he have a? Does he have some kind of? Is is this a? Was this a charity? Oh, case like or a Make a Wish like thing or something? Yeah, yeah. it's like this is Rudy. Is this the movie Rudy? I don't know. Is Jamal Williams undersized? <laughs> is there? A, was there some feel good element to this that I'm not aware of? <laughs> Running out Did there. Coach been mean. A- Jameis Winston went over to DA on the sideline and said, "Coach, I'm just not. I don't feel I can come right. out here." and be a disappointment of a first-round pick anymore uh, for this team unless we let Jamal Williams score. He's huffing and puffing out to the huddle in like a number 97 jersey or something like that? Yes, everybody. I know that he wasn't drafted by the Saints, but in general, he's right. a disappointment as right. a first overall pick. Yeah. One, one more from Jameis Winston. Uh, a Kind of a testy exchange with a reporter who Jameis asked the question to the reporter, well, would you have done this? Good job, Jameis. What you said decision made was it right there on the spot, right when y'all on? What, what decision are you talking about? At the end. Okay. What at the end? What decision? To, to, to go for the touchdown. To go for the touchdown. Is that something decided on the sideline after the pick, or when you, did you wait till you get out, got out there to do it? We decided on the field as a team. I mean, we don't regret. Do do we regret for scoring forty-one points on them? Do you think we we regret that? Well, you do have to play these guys twice a year. That's all I'm saying. 
We, we already played them twice. I know, but I'm talking about you know, somebody who's got to play these guys twice a year. That's all. How do you feel about it? Tell me how you feel about it. Not good. Why don't you feel good about it? Because you got to play these guys twice a year. But what about it makes you not feel good about it? So, the head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion? Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as you could, and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can that I respectfully disagree with you. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay, so you disagree with the entire team. So entire thank you. No, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do too. And that's what I am doing. <laughs> okay, so I feel like they were, they've established that they were being respectful to each other. They're having a respectful disagreement. I I wish Jameis Winston would shut the hell up about calling it an entire team decision. So he just said it was on, done on the field. I don't know exactly how they – did they take a vote of all 11 players on the field? Stop saying entire team when it was 11 guys on the field. So it wasn't a team decision, and it didn't involve the head coach. Like, at no point does anybody anymore ever feel comfortable bringing up sportsmanship because they don't want to be dragged on social media as the old guy. But I feel like there is some element of sportsmanship here when the defense doesn't even know that you're going for it. You're lining up in the victory formation, and you're violating all norms of sportsmanship, including those held by a lot of 21-year-olds. That's where, like, Jameis Winston remains a fraud in a lot of ways. Like, he's reformed himself to some respects, but... He's not that far removed from the core Jameis Winston that he's always been. The uh, the last thing on this, the, the the part with Jameis where you really get a feel for just how short term he thinks. Yeah, you play them twice a year. We played them twice already. Like, yeah, well, no, there, there's going to be year, football yeah. again next year and the year after and the year after. All right, Payne and Pendergast with that, you. Hey, that that touchdown was just sitting there for the take, and the manager said I could take it. Right. It was just it was just sitting there in the cold case. I'm not gonna. I the manager claims uh, that uh, which manager. The guy, the guy, that manager. It was a, it was a managerial decision by the supermarket to let me take that, that, that touchdown leg. Yes. <laughs> All right. How many quarterbacks would teams take over CJ Stroud right now in the NFL? That is next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I love D'Amico, man. He's a great coach. I think Nick has done a great job as well. Our ownership has. Just the city of Houston, like you said, man. Like, I don't know about what happened in the past, but I know now, like, just the buzz in the city just feels great, you know? Um, just feels like it, it, how it's supposed to be. Hell yeah. All right, that was C.J. Stroud on the Pat McAfee Show. We'll, we'll hear more from C.J. in just a little bit. He's He's been, obviously, a big topic around the league heading into the postseason. C.J. Stroud. Rookie quarterback, first-year head coach, leading the Texans to a division championship in the four seed in the AFC. Cleveland and Houston at NRG Stadium this Saturday, 3.30 start. Tickets still available. Still a couple thousand tickets left as of this morning on Ticketmaster.com. Let's make sure we keep the Cleveland people out of the building, all right? If you're gonna, if you want to go to the game, let's get to the game, all right? We can't, yeah. So either by not selling them tickets or by reporting any existing warrants they have from the last Yes, time. let's get them arrested. We could have a, let's have a little station. We'll have a little uh, temporary police station set up uh, next to our stage 
at the, you know what we should do that, Sean? Let's get that facial recognition software that I hear so much about, mm-hmm. and we'll have that out by, uh, you and I can scan all Browns fans as they walk by the stage during the pregame. And we'll have a judge right there. Like they do it, uh, like the old vet at the Veterans, at Veterans Stadium in Philly. <laughs> this might be a fun <laughs> they bit. They used to have a actually. judge in the building. Um, I know, like, no, this might be a fun bit anyway. We'll just claim that it's facial recognition software. Soft- you know the word I'm trying to say, that it's uh, facial recognition software, but it's actually just an old uh, broken up iPad or something. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll arrest them. We'll falsely arrest them. I like them. it. I like it. Yeah. Beware, Browns fans. Beware. We'll put them on the Epstein list. <laughs> okay, here's Stephen A. Smith. Here's Stephen A. Smith um, yesterday. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and they were talking about uh, C.J. Stroud Stephen A. said, these are the quarterbacks that I would take ahead of C.J. Stroud right now. They asked a question on first take, what quarterbacks would I take ahead of C.J. Stroud right now? Oh, short list. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I like that. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe Allen because of what we've seen him do in the postseason in the past. Mm -hmm. That's it. Can you legitimately say... You can look at any quarterback any uh, anywhere else in the league and definitively say you would take them After, over CJ Stroud. So that was a second, that was my second time getting to watch him. Saw him Ohio State Georgia yep. from the sideline. Yep. Then we got to watch this game from the he is up this ball. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So stupid. Fade away. Oh my guy's nowhere near that. Well, how do I give him enough time? Let me throw this thing up. Oh, what a doofus people are thinking as he's throwing that's going to be picked. No, <laughs> only his guy could get the ball. i wasn't thinking exactly what a doofus it's going to get picked i did think in see that's the difference between pat mcafee only having watched him a couple times um in person is that i thought that it was a calculated throwaway i just feared that it wasn't going to get out of bounds and it was going to be an intentional grounding and um because he was still inside the tackle box at that point so when when Nico showed up out of nowhere and then explained on your show afterwards that it was just part of the, you know, they were just running a scramble drill and that's what they did. That's the part that really, I, I mean, it reminded me of Tom Brady when Tom Brady beat the Texans in 2016 in the playoffs where Brady, Brady had to throw up a couple prayers, but they were like intelligent prayers. Calculated. Because... Yeah, they were calculated prayers that easily should have been interceptions, except that, you know, he just has a sense for what the defense, what the, the defensive backs were capable of doing in those instances. And they ended up being receptions on third and longs that, like, I don't think a lot of quarterbacks would have been intelligent enough to try. That's what it reminded me of when I saw CJ make that throw. It was a, it was a calculated prayer. Yeah. Um, as far as like who you would take over him at this point, the, I mean, the biggest part of it is that you got to calculate his rookie contract into that too, you know. Uh, like I'm certainly gonna, <laughs> you know, Jalen Hurts had his breakout season last year. He lost his coordinator, but got a new contract, and now I don't know what the Eagles are facing over the next several years when they have the restricted salary cap space of having to pay their quarterback, um, and they've lost five out of their last six games. With the Texans, everything is very much on the upswing with at least two more years before you got to pay your quarterback. Yeah, yeah here, here, when, when I hear Stephen A. Smith say that, that I'd only take Mahomes and Lamar Jackson ahead of C.J. Stroud, yeah, the contract definitely factors in, but here's what I think. Regardless of how you want to hash it all out, oh, what about Joe Burrow? What about Josh Allen? What about this guy? What about that guy? Well, what Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I just remember back to before the draft last year and taking a look at the landscape in the AFC 
and how deep the quarterback position was in the AFC. Like you had Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm just going through the divisions in my head. Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Tua, Aaron Rodgers. I'm only through two divisions, by the way, right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, um, Justin Herbert. You know, and I and you know, however you feel about Russell Wilson, like that, Russell Wilson's literally like the tenth name I just said. There were nine guys on there that are like, okay, well, those are all guys who have been or could be Pro Bowlers this year or have been recently, and the Texans don't even have a quarterback at that point, and it just felt so helpless. Like, okay, man, this rebuild is going to take a while. Not only do you have a, a quarterback now that you feel good about, they can go stand toe to toe and compete with those guys. You have a quarterback who is hasn't even finished his rookie year. And you've got national people saying, I'd only take this guy and that guy ahead of him. Like, that's how you've made up three years worth of ground in 17 weeks, if you're the Texans, in terms of finding a guy who's in that conversation. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, elite conversation. It's, uh, you know, what's getting fun is like, I see, I fear, I fear for Texans fans' mental health over the next few days just because there's so much going on. I'm, I'm starting to get suggestions for free agents already, uh, guys that they, they need to pick up offseason moves and everything. And yet, these are also people that are very much focused on the week. They're not looking past the Browns, they're just multitasking right now. And listen, everybody, free agency doesn't start until after, well after the Super Bowl. So, we, we've got plenty of time for that. Don't torture yourself right now with debates about Derrick Henry or anything like that. But it's like when you go to a really good buffet, Seth. I don't know about you. Yeah. Like I go to a really good buffet and I get overwhelmed. I'm like, man, I only have so much room on my plate, but that looks good. That looks good. We have not been able to go into a season of free agency feeling like Houston is a destination for free agents in Forever, probably since yeah, Tyron yeah. Matthew came here back in 2018. And, and now all of a sudden, it's like we've landed plopped down in to that best of all uh, eras in the history of humankind, which is uh, all you can eat buffets with Ozempic. So there you go. <laughs> right. I right. mean, it's just uh, like it's uh, like everything is converged to this moment in yes. history. Ozempic yeah. is CJ Stroud's rookie contract. That's what it we is. We had a little stretch there. We had a little stretch there for about 20 years where all of a sudden food for the first time in human history had become too plentiful. We've got too much food yep. and everybody's getting fat because of it. And now all of a sudden we've got Ozempic slash CJ Stroud. It's the best. It's uh, CJ Stroud slash or Ozempic. Which one's better for man? Mankind. I would argue probably CJ Stroud, but it's close. CJ Stroud is discount Ozempic because he's on his rookie deal. It's Ozempic. Yeah. It's Ozempic for like five percent of the price of the the list price of Ozempic. How do we get me some of that Ozempic stuff? Do I gotta? What do I do? Do I can I get it on the internet yet, or do I have to go still? Are we still doing the charade of going to see a doctor for drugs or Mexico? You know, can I go to Mexico and get some jump Ozempic? right over the border? They got plenty of pharmacies down there. Sure, sure. Um, here's one more from CJ Stroud on the Pat McAfee show. Yes. Let's circle back to the playoffs. Let's circle back to the playoffs. Here's CJ Stroud on going into the NFL playoffs for the first time. Man, it feels amazing. Uh, like you said, it, it was tough missing those two weeks yep. uh, on concussion protocol and things like that. I really appreciate people reaching out to me, making sure I was fine. I think ultimately it was all uh, meant for the better of me, you know, um, and came back out against Tennessee. You had a good game here at home and then went on a road and got a hard-fought win against a great coach team. So um, this year has been a lot of ups and downs. It's been the longest year of my life yep. uh, from going all the way from August of 2022 to mid-January now. You know, it's, it's been a long year, man, but it's been a dream come true. I'm living out my 
my dream as a child. I used to always just dream about playing in NFL games, big time, night games. And I was my first one. So it was just really cool to kind of see the fruits of my labor, be able to, to come out um, in, a, in a big atmosphere against a great team. So it's been a great year, man. I've been blessed. I just want to calm the nerve of Texans fans that might hear him saying it's the longest year of his life. It's not because he doesn't like Houston. It's not because he's not right, enjoying right, himself. Right, yeah. He's just yeah. had a lot of stuff going on. He's not. He has not had time, other than the two weeks that uh, he was concussed, to really stop and smell the roses. And even then, he was burdened with light sensitivity. So I don't <laughs> and even loud noise. Yeah, and loud, yeah, yeah. Like so, even while he was able to smell the roses, two of his other five senses were really, really agitating him at you that know what time. sense of sense of smell is actually something that goes sometimes in brain injuries really it's a sign it's i guess it's a bad sign if you lose your sense of smell that would I suck. Mean, like it usually is in general <laughs> but his head injuries go <laughs> turns out what's wrong turns i just out lost my sense of your smell. brain is not all it's cracked up to be right right hey what's wrong man i know i lost my sense of smell cool you gonna eat that all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's generally bad news. You can't. <laughs> you can't smell me because I'm on the radio, and I can't smell you because I have olfactory damage. Because I can't smell. Um, but I'll, all right, kids. There's a there's an ad that used to run on this station that was. I, I felt especially bad for the man that was speaking in this ad because he used to say this is what he would say. You can't see me because I'm on the radio, and I can't see you because I'm blind. Uh, yeah, I'm like, man. Which would mean that he was so blind that he didn't even understand how radio works. Like, <laughs> that it was uh, that, that the person speaking into the microphone cannot see the listeners uh, at any given laugh. time. Yeah. Pain and Pender. That guy's really blind. Yeah, yeah, super blind. <laughs> Doesn't know how radio works. <laughs> uh, John Lopez is here. What's up? Howdy. How are you today? J-Lo. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling fantastic. Did, yeah. you, did you hear Nick Casario come in with his two Dude. bazookas under his arms I, and came right I, at Jason uh, LaCamphora? I called it guns a-blazing. Yeah, man. It was like an old Western. That was cool. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought it actually said a lot about where he is now compared to where he was a few months ago. Well, you, I, I dug deep. I got very philosophical about this. Yeah, you, you guys have, and I'm sure we'll hear that philosophy today on In the Loop. I look forward to that. You guys bring it up. Uh, I know you guys brought it up last week. The press conference that Nick did probably like a year ago today, maybe. Maybe. Right after they fired Lovey Smith. Yeah. Um, that he it, 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 that had a weird vibe to it. That had a vibe mm -hmm. where it felt like Nick was maybe starting to get backed into a corner a little yes. bit. Yes. This was a much different Nick Casario today. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like a year later, this is where we are. That's now. what I'm saying. I, I thought it was much more meaningful. I mean, it was meaningful as it on the surface. Yeah. You know, just kind of, you know, just, you know, just discrediting all that stuff. But I thought it was much more meaningful than that. I, I, I thought it says a lot about where he is now compared to where he was a year ago. Yeah, it's a different feel um, in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, if you think about just Casario was in a position last year where I think he, I, I, if I put myself in his situation, when he starts hearing rumors about maybe the team is thinking about moving on from him or something, like, like he has no way of, you know, knowing whether that's real or not. And he was in a position where there's a lot of turmoil yeah. within the organization. Like, I feel better about the fact that right now, if other rumors like that were to emerge where there were rumors that somebody was going to get fired or something, I think it's probably a lot easier to just 
completely dismiss it and not worry about it and just go about your business. Yes. Um, you know, like obviously if, if people are creating rumors about what you yourself are going to do, it's easy to discredit those in your own mind, but it's tougher when it's about somebody else. Yeah. I think it's just way easier now too. Like if it was a year ago, stuff like that can be damaging to people wanting to come here, either to coach here oh, that's or free agents point. coming here. Yeah. Now I think you can point to how, how much more solid a foundation the organization is on yeah. at every level and say, yeah, that's, I mean, this is what happens to good teams. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.